Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the How to High School podcast. My name is John, and today we'll be discussing the history APs. There are three history APs out there: Modern World History, AP US World History, or AP US History, sorry, and AP European History. Let's start with AP World History. AP World is a history-based course ranging from time periods of 1200 AD to the present time. Unlike its counterparts, AP Euro and APUSH, AP World focuses on events that are occurring or have occurred throughout the whole world. Based on 2021 score distributions, 48% have failed, 24% got a 3, 18% got a 4, and 10% got a 5. AP World is one of the higher-end courses in terms of difficulty, especially with the amount of information you need to memorize, so we recommend studying as early as possible. In the AP World exam, there are four main components. Let's begin the exam with 55 stimulus-based multiple-choice questions worth 40% of your score with a time limit of 55 minutes. Stimulus-based multiple-choice questions are not based on a simple recall of the textbook or your memory, but it's the application of that knowledge in different scenarios, mainly given to you through passage by a historical figure or a picture denotating historical importance. After those, um, you will move on to two short answer questions worth 20% of your score with a maximum time of 40 minutes. The format that that most people use to write them is TEA, which is Thesis, Evidence, and Analysis. In the thesis section, you basically answer the question. Um, The evidence is the trickiest part for most students, as you'll need to state outside evidence unless the question specifically asks you to use inside information. And use that as the grounds that support the answer to your question. The analysis is the portion where you tie in the thesis and the evidence together, explaining why you believe the evidence supports your thesis. The last two sections are known to be the hardest, and there are two essay questions, the document-based question and the long answer question. Although it's kind of ambiguous where they'll go with this in the future, but we're going based off what's happening in the present. The DBQ is worth 25% of your score, and you are given one one hour, and the DBQ section asks you a question with a time period, uh, with a given time period, and gives you seven documents that will help you answer the question. There are seven total points you can get on the DBQ. One is from um, contextualization, one is from your thesis, one is, or three is from your evidence, and two is from an analyzing and reasoning. The general format of these DBQs start with an introductory paragraph where you state the context, which um, is an overgeneralization of what's really going on in that time period, as well as your thesis, your position on the paper, as well as three rationale to support it. You can get both of these points in the introduction section. You get the brunt of your points in the next three paragraphs, where you use three rationale you listed in your thesis and turn them into their own paragraphs. Each rationale is their own paragraph, and you generally want to assign different documents to support each of your rationale. After you start your paragraph, you can begin to, um, to start pulling out portions of the document that support your rationale and explain why they do. You get two points for the section. Continuing on, your next, section, next sentence is known as HAPPY, um, standing for historical situation, audience, point of view, purpose, and why it matters. You get one point for the section. At some point in your essay, you will need to write about outside information 
that isn't included in the documents. And you should also use happy for that as well, which is also worth one point. The conclusion paragraph is where most people attempt to get the complexity point. This is the point that most people end up not getting. And our advice for you is to tie your general topic to another time period different from the one stated in the prompt. This is also one point. The LEQ is worth 15% of your score and you're given 40 minutes to complete it. You were given a time period and a question like the DBQ. However, um, you don't have any documents like the DBQ does. So you're going to have to go based off the knowledge you have of the past. The best way to help you prepare for the AP World exam, though, is to take practice tests and watch videos to help maintain and learn new information. Take sample DBQs, SAQs, and LEQs uh, that are given to the College Board from previous years to help hone down your skills when it comes to that magical day. By far, the best AP World channel recommendation I can make is Heimler's History. He covers every unit in cram style videos and also has other videos that go more in depth to other portions of the course. The most important thing on the AP World exam is time management. Um, you should be giving a good track of your time and decide whether you need to speed up or slow down. Generally, in multiple choice questions, there are two obvious wrong answers that you should be able to eliminate by using simple knowledge of the course, and one answer that is slightly off compared to the other one, and you'll need to differentiate using critical thinking to do that. As for studying, we highly recommend that you don't cram because there's a lot of information in the AP World test, so you need to actually create like a study plan or something if you really want to do well on this test. Anyways, moving on to AP US history. This is a history course that covers American history from 1491 to the present day. It's a self-explanatory course that covers many, mainly uh, major historical events that happened in American history with a fairly in-depth analysis of the very important ones. This course relies a lot upon looking at historical excerpts from texts or even historical photographs and pictures and contextualizing them to understand their meaning. The course itself is moderately difficult simply because you need to be good at memorizing a whole lot of information and then be able to order the information chronologically in relation to each other. The exam itself is pretty standard with um, long multiple choice section and the free response. It, it's pretty much the same format as the AP World History. Um, with that, studying for it, it's pretty similar to AP World History as well. Um, just try your best to understand and memorize the course material as there's a lot of stuff like AP World History. So if you did well in AP World History by the way you study, then you should pretty much transfer that over into AP US History. Although we put a big emphasis on remembering dates because AP World doesn't really focus on dates, but AP US does. Anyway, let's finish off with AP Euro. This course is a history course that takes a very in-depth look at European history, starting from the Renaissance to contemporary Europe. It focuses heavily on the political side and economic revolutions within Europe and Europe's role in the world stage. The course itself is moderately difficult mainly because of the sheer volume of information that you need to memorize. Otherwise, as long as you stay up with the information as you learn, it should do you should do completely fine on the test. The test um, is pretty much like every other AP history exam, um, so I'm not really going to explain it to you. but. A lot like the other AP history exams, 
there's a lot of information to remember in AP Euro 2. So you need to build good studying habits if you want to do all these history exams. And with that, you should also try to study the same way you would for AP World or AP US History. Anyways, to conclude, we hope you have a better understanding of what types of history classes that are offered by the College Board, so you know what to expect when you're going into them. In the next episode, we'll be discussing the social science APs that are offered by the College Board. Thanks for listening.